Eden. And I'm Nicole. Welcome to Roadside Horror Show. We are not in a state this week because we're doing a refuel. That's right. It's that special time of year again for a Christmas refuel. Exactly. Or any other holiday. But I mean, you know. A holiday, a winter, a Yuletide wintertime holiday refuel. How about that? Exactly. That works. So, Nicole, are you at all in the holiday spirit this year? Uh, well, I mean, yes. I just filled out Christmas cards on Friday night with my wife, and we watched that Lindsay Lohan Falling for Christmas movie. Oh, God. How was that? You know, it was kind of like if you took Overboard and made it into like a Hallmark Christmas movie. That's kind of how it was. So it wasn't too bad. Okay. It was, you know, it hit the notes that you want a holiday movie to hit. And Lindsay Lohan, despite, you know, all of the struggles she's had, you know, she's a pretty talented actress. So, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't half bad. As long as you're not watching any Hallmark movie with Candace Cameron Bure oh, in no. it. Oh, no. No, thank you, sir. Uh, she's driving me crazy because I just keep seeing everything, like, pop up on Facebook and, like, in, like, any sort of news feed on the internet. Everything is about her being like, I only support traditional marriage, and we're just not going to do Hallmark anymore since they allowed gay people to exist in a film. Yeah, I just feel like the outrage, like the, I don't need that kind of Christmas outrage right now. I will say, though, if you do want to watch a good Christmas movie, the new one that Will Ferrell did with Ryan Reynolds called Spirited is delightful. Oh, I don't even think I heard of that one. It's it's on Apple TV+. Plus. Please sponsor us. And... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, please. It's the Christmas gift we all want. <laughs> it, it it very much fits in. I feel like you could do a really fun, like, Will Ferrell Christmas double feature with Spirited and Elf. Okay. You know, my uh, my cousin's um, oldest kid was just in a um, Elf the Musical Junior um, thing for her, like, sixth grade Ooh, fun. Um, drama club. Fun. Yeah, I heard she did a really good job. Unfortunately, now I think she has COVID, but... Oh, not so fun. No. Are you in the holiday spirit, Eden? Uh, not really. Like, it doesn't feel like <laughs> Christmas. It hasn't felt like Christmas for years. I don't know. Like, the magic is gone. I'm sorry. Maybe you but... need to... Maybe we need to have a cookie swap. Maybe. Maybe we do. That That would mean that I'd have to get my ass in gear and actually bake some cookies. Like I've been saying I was going to do for the past two months and haven't done. <laughs> I mean, also ditto. I'm, I'm in that boat, too. So. <laughs> I just ate some cookies that my mom gave me, though, which were I told her that I don't like oatmeal raisin, but I love oatmeal cookies. So she made oatmeal chocolate chip. That sounds so good. However, she was making several cookies at one time because she bakes a lot during Christmas and she makes like chocolates and all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, she was so concentrating on the other recipes that she forgot to add the extra butter into the oatmeal chocolate chip they're still decent like they still taste good uh. um but they're very hard um and they're a little dry just because you know yeah missing the butter not yeah. as much butter yeah and they kind what? of have that weird shape where they're kind of like half a circle <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you now have oatmeal chocolate biscotti that you could enjoy with some tea or coffee. You know what? It is pretty much like a biscotti. I will agree with that. Yeah, I can find that silver lining anywhere, friend. That you can. So if you're not in the, the, the holiday spirit this year, what uh, holiday uh, items can you regale us with during this refuel? 
well, I do have some fun stuff on some origin stories of Christmas and how it's all very, very much pagan. I thank you for doing that because I think I, I think I even texted this to you. I was behind a car the other day and it was just like, keep the Christ in Christmas. He's the reason for the season. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's not that. I'm pretty sure it's about converting pagans, but whatevs. Exactly. Yeah, it's not at all, but you know, do what you want, I guess. Um Sure. But yeah, when when researching some things about like the Christmas tree and everything. Um, it was pretty funny since the first few sources were Christian websites, uh, which said that cr- the Christmas tree dates back to the 16th century in Germany, where Christians would decorate their trees with pine cones. They aren't wrong, but they are a little off. Well, like okay. about 12 centuries off, to be exact. Yikes. That's definitely late to the party. Exactly. So, I mean, Christmas. Yeah, I mean. The Christmas tree is, in fact, German, and Christians in Germany may have started using them in the 16th century, but its origins are much older than that and stem from Germanic pagan traditions dating back to at least the 4th century. It makes much more sense for this to be a pagan tradition anyway, since most pagan religions put a greater importance on nature than Christianity does. Mm-hmm. Also, sense. what the hell does the birth of Jesus have to do with a tree anyway? How did how did we get here? I mean, didn't you see that pine tree in the corner of the uh, the barn in the inn right next to the manger? Oh, of course. Why not? <laughs> you, you know, ancient Palestine so well known for its uh, evergreen trees. Exactly. Yes. The lovely Douglas firs that grow there. <laughs> so, you know, the whole how did we get here question is what I'm hoping to explore and talk about a little. Uh, so back then, people would decorate with branches and such in their homes as part of a celebration of the winter solstice. I say winter solstice because Christmas is actually taken not only from the Germanic holiday of Yule, as well as the Roman holiday Saturnalia, worshipping the god Saturn, whose Greek counterpart would be Kronos. Now, winter is typically seen as a dark, depressing time for most people. I know it is for me. Mm-hmm. Short days, long nights. Exactly. It gets dark at 4.30 and I don't feel like doing anything. <laughs> a lot of mammals hibernate during the winter and I wish I could do the same. <laughs> so how does this relate, you ask? Well, the whole thing with the winter solstice celebration was a pushing back of that darkness and a return to the light since after the solstice, which is usually around the 20th to the 22nd, somewhere around there of December each year, the days slowly start to get a little longer again. The tree was a symbol of rebirth and new life springing forth, which is very common with pagan celebrations. It's all about that rebirth concept, both for people and the natural world. And a lot of it's kind of the cycle of life and nature, right? So it makes perfect sense. Exactly. Yes. And here's this tree that even though everything around it is dead, it is still thriving. Hmm. But now, how did this become Christianized? Well, if you believe the old tales, it's because of a man called St. Boniface, who, while in Germany, apparently saw some people about to sacrifice someone by an oak tree. So he struck down the tree in the name of Jesus, and a fir tree sprang forth from the stump. Wow. A very stupid story, but a story nonetheless. As for... Placing decorations on the tree, 
It used to be candles and such to bring back the light, like I mentioned earlier. But that is super dangerous as trees are quite flammable. And I was just going to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah, it's probably bad enough that we put electric lights on nowadays. You remember on Wonderfalls in oh one of the first episodes that was not aired on television because it already got canceled um, <laughs> with um, their maids. Uh, their maid told the story of her parents being killed by a baby Jesus ornament on the tree, lighting the tree on fire. Yes. <laughs> I forgot. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then the maid was never seen again. The rest of that show, their basement must've been really dirty. So Holly and Ivy and mistletoe, they're also pagan decorations. Uh, they also grow and flower in winter, giving them some more powerful symbolism for this holiday. Mistletoe being hung overhead and the whole thing of having to kiss someone under it, which probably doesn't fly with people today now that I'm thinking about it, um, <laughs> was because mistletoe was once seen as an aphrodisiac. Really? Yes. And also it used to be placed over doorways for protection. It's interesting because when I think about mistletoe myths, it is like the Christmas smooching myth. And then the the Norse tale about the death of, what is it, Baldur, I think? Who gets I think slain it's Baldur. By... Yeah, he gets slain. He's like the invincible god, but mistletoe is like the one thing that can kill him. Yes. And then I think like Freya brought him like back somehow. I yeah. don't remember all of it. I tried to find that story, but I couldn't remember who it involved, and I didn't know what to type <laughs> in to try to remind myself. Um, but there's probably, you know, a lot of stories that I missed, but I just wanted to give you guys a fun little rundown of the true origins of Christmas, which is why certain Christian denominations don't celebrate it at all, like the Jehovah's Witnesses. Hmm. And, you know, they're probably the smart ones here because who the fuck wants to be picking up pine needles for the next few months? Also, you know, it's almost as bad as glitter. It's true. It's true. The herpes of the arts and crafts world. <laughs> it never goes away. Never. It's interesting, too, because if you think about, like, Saturnalia as well, as, like, the thing that I remember learning about Saturnalia is that's really where the present and gift-giving comes in because yes. Saturnalia was sort of that big celebration and the Romans loved their things, so they would always do presents in the middle of winter. And then, of course, with any pagan rite or ritual course there was always some sort of you know sexual thing going on some sexy party because literally like let's take beltane for example you would basically dance around a bonfire okay then you would pair off and go have sex in the fields okay. and that was supposed to be to you know help the crops grow so all of it is all about fertility yeah, and I mean, you know, passes the time, you're you're sick, winter's done, you're ready to be out, get out there and have fun. Exactly. But yeah, thanks for uh, digging into that, especially the Christmas tree thing. It makes sense that it's German, because I always think of Otanenbaum and like, yep. like, why? What? Oh, yeah. Got it. German Christmas tree. Yep, it is tree. very, very much German. Um, and probably also Scandinavian as well, since the Germanic tribes were kind of, they were nomadic. And, you know, some settled in Germany, others settled in the Scandinavian countries. Um, so they have very close links. They even worshipped the same gods. Um, they just changed the names slightly. So Odin would become Woden. And... Exactly. Cool. 
Well, I know I have I have some fun stuff for the holidays. Well, you looked at the pagan origins of the holiday traditions we all know and love. I dug into some superstitions about holiday gift giving. And then I also have a little bit about um, some urban legends that may or may not be true. Okay. I like this. So let's start with the gift giving. Cause some of these blew my mind and I think I've definitely created some bad luck accidentally for some of the people I've given gifts to in the past. I'm sorry, but <laughs> here we go. Did you know that giving knives or scissors or really anything sharp is considered bad luck because it's thought to sever the relationship with the person you're giving the gift to? I can see that um, just because of what I know of like, you know, pagan tradition and things like that. Mm-hmm. I can I can see that being the symbolism of it because it's like you're cutting that tie. Um, yep. But I did not know that. I mean, practicality wise, I could see it perhaps being a little dicey to give somebody a wrapped up pair of scissors and have them unwrap it. But (laughs) other than that, I also didn't know about this. And it's interesting because some folklorists say that like part of what you would do is mitigate the bad luck by also giving the person you're you're gifting the, the, the knife or scissors to a coin. And then they could use that coin and give it back to you as like an exchange. So it didn't make it a gift. It made it a transaction. Um, so okay. Were, that would that would keep the, you know, the gremlins of bad luck away from you. Damn those gremlins. Hey, <laughs> that's a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I was trying to think of that Christmas movie that's not a Christmas movie when we were uh, talking at work about Die Hard. And I'm like, there's oh, yeah. another one. There's totally another one. Someone's like, Adam's family. I'm like, no. It's for real Christmas, and there's a bunch of toys. I can't remember. Gremlins. Yes, Gremlins. Definitely a Christmas movie. I plan on watching it on Christmas. All right. Some of the other things that you probably shouldn't give your your loved ones include hankies, so handkerchiefs, um, because it's thought to symbolize the tears to come. In fact, in Sweden, there was also a folklore tradition that if a man gives his lover a silk handkerchief, she will wipe away all her affection for him, which is kind of weird. But, yeah. Oh, that's strange. Okay. Mm-hmm. Soap also has similar connotations. It's considered an unlucky gift because you're washing away that friendship. My friend's grandmother gave me soap one time. She is I over took, you. <laughs> yeah, I took um, very much offense to it because <laughs> A, it's pretty much like telling someone they smell. And B, this was soap on a rope. So is she like preparing me for prison or what's going on? <laughs> yeah, that's a little, little. Mm. They're like, how do you say thank you? Like, that? oh my God, soap on a rope. Oh, thank yeah, you. right. <laughs> I won't bend over ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently also giving someone a pair of shoes can be unlucky. Although it's kind of weird because... The bad luck behind it is because it pro- is said to prolong their life. I'm like, wouldn't that be a good thing? I mean, it depends on who you ask and what kind of life you're living. But yeah, uh, I guess the the kind of bad luck part of it is like, oh, well, it gives the receiver the will to walk away from you. I'm like, well, yeah, you're literally giving them shoes so they can get the hell out of here. But that one's a little bit weird. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that one. Um, this one is interesting. Uh, so opals, I had never heard this before. Opals is the birthstone for October. 
I know that because I have several family members who were born in October, and it's a really beautiful stone. It was my ex-husband's birthstone. Oh, fun. And there's so many cool types of opals as well, so that's kind of kind There of are. Um, but it's very unlucky to give a opal gemstone or opal jewelry to somebody if they are not born in October. Um, it's just really negative vibes. They even say that you shouldn't use opal in an engagement ring because it, it, it's a, it can uh, bring about early widowhood for the wearer. Like, wow. Okay. It's dark. Okay. Very dark. Well, it's fitting uh, for the holiday season. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And the other thing I think was hilarious is there's a whole codex about how you shouldn't give people gifts of certain colors. This sounds like that's very Victorian, like language of flower business. But there's certain colors you want to avoid when giving or receiving items. The top number one color, of course, is black because it's bad luck. Okay. I mean, I, I like getting things that are black. So <laughs> you're not supposed to give things like books that have red covers because it can cause a rift in your friendship. Red and other gifts like clothing can symbolize anger and misunderstanding. So everything that I like, all the colors that yes. I like, you're just destroying that for me. Thanks. They're like, yep, no, yeah. Sorry, Eden. Let's see. What were the other fun ones? I think this one is kind of interesting because it comes from Sicily. And it said that you should never give a gift in the shape of a cat to someone who's engaged to be married. Because okay, it can why? Because it can foretell a sudden and violent death for that person. Okay, so here's the thing with Sicilians. I'm I'm part Sicilian, <laughs> and um, yeah, they do this whole death omen thing all the time. Like everything's a fucking death omen, especially <laughs> if the color black is involved. Yeah, so it's interesting. It's like so even like it's not even just like giving them a cat. It's like cat shaped things, which I thought was interesting. So like no like cat hair clips for your child or you know someone's like i got you this cute hello kitty toaster and i was just like, about <sighs> to say hello kitty 100 <laughs> percent. don't give don't give sicilians hello kitty presents period and then the last one i have for you which i thought was really interesting was something that i have definitely given people in the past and it's a purse or a wallet so if you give someone a purse or a wallet, you should never give it to them empty. That can signify future misfortune. What you should do is take a coin, even a penny, and put it inside of the wallet or purse because that will help bring them future wealth. Okay. While I've never done that, when I think about it, I'm like, oh, that's kind of a cute little thing you can like add in to like, yeah, I like a fun it. little present. I'm like, all right, I'm into that. So, Eden, what do you think? Anything that you've accidentally gifted to people that now you regret? Or are you just like, I'll live dangerously? Yeah, I'll live dangerously because I I, I don't see most of this being a thing, if any of it. Um, <laughs> it all just sounds very superstitious to me. Um, I mean, I'm very much the type of person that I'm like, I might not believe it, but I also probably wouldn't chance it. But in this case, I'd chance it. I've given pretty much all of those gifts. so. <laughs> and look at how great i'm doing oh hold on the mental hospital's calling they want to know when i'm arriving 
All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. No mental hospital. We're all good. Everything's fine. Happy Christmas. So I think now is a great time to lighten the mood a little bit by playing a little game. I do like games. And I like making you guess things. (laughs) (laughs) So for this game, I routed up a bunch of, let's call them mm, urban legends or not quite so fun facts about Christmas and the holiday time. And what I want you to do for me, Eden, is tell me if you think these are true, false, or maybe a mixture of both. Okay. Okay. All right. Some of these you've definitely heard. I know I heard them and I was a little surprised. So number one, the classic. You know, every year on Christmas time, you see those lovely poinsettia or poinsettia, depending on your pronunciation preference, flowers in the grocery store all over the place to decorate for holidays because they are a beautiful flower that blooms in the wintertime. It's commonly believed that poinsettias can kill you. They're poisonous. Have you heard that before? That poinsettias are poisonous? I have. My mom used to say it all the time when I was a kid. All right. Do you think that is true, false, or maybe a little bit true, or maybe a little bit false? I'm going to say maybe a little true, maybe a little false, because most of the plants that we use around Christmas time for decoration are all poisonous. Um, (laughs) But it's also, I don't think that it would kill you. So we'll go with a little of both. You are correct. It is a little of both. So yes, poinsettias, they're poisonous, but for a human being to poison themselves with a poinsettia, they'd probably have to eat somewhere in the ballparks of, of about 500 leaves. Oh, yeah. okay, so that salad I prepared, I probably shouldn't eat. <laughs> yeah, basically. No points at a salad. But the other thing is that it's extremely, extremely bitter. So you probably wouldn't make it that far. Like, probably after the first bite, you'd be drooling and salivating because it's that bitter. Oh. And that's also true for pets. I think that's the one thing I always hear about. It's like, keep your yes. dogs and cats away from poinsettias. My mom made sure not to decorate with poinsettias after we got a cat. Because she mm-hmm. said, like, if they eat it, they'll die. Well, it's, it, it's, they won't die. It's very unlikely for them to die. And then you usually don't need to get the medical treatment. But if they do eat the poinsettia, despite it being super duper bitter, they're mostly just experienced like vomit, drooling, maybe, maybe a little diarrhea if they eat enough of it. But they won't die, which is good to know. And that's what I would think too. Yeah. But here's the super interesting part. Do you know how this myth started? That a poinsettia could kill you? How? Well, according to Snopes, in 1919, a two-year-old child died, and when they are trying to figure out what caused the child's death, it was incorrectly identified as the ingestion of a poinsettia leaf, and that's when the, the urban legend started that poinsettia could kill you. Wait, and what year was this? 1919. 1919, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can see, you know, that starting a big panic just because everything starts a big panic like one time something happens then it gets blown wildly out of proportion and then everyone (laughs) is in a panic yep always always okay true or false this the norad santa tracker remember that every year it comes out and it tracks santa's journey around the world true or false that was started because the wrong number was printed in a christmas ad Instead of a number to contact a Santa hotline, it was a top secret government phone number. I want to say true because I think this has something to do with NASA or some government agency. You are two for two. It is true. Yes. So here's how NORAD 
Santa Tracker started. Uh, back in 1955, a newspaper for a Sears department store in Colorado featured this phone number for kids to call to talk to Santa. And they, it was a hotline. They could call any day or night, anytime they wanted to chat with Santa, tell them a Christmas wish, tell them what a good little boy and girl they were. But when the ad went out, it went out with a typo. So instead of going to the Santa hotline that the Sears store had set up, it rang a secret hotline that belonged to one Colonel Harry Shop, who was with the Continental Air Defense Command, aka CONAD, which is what uh, the organization that eventually became NORAD was, known at the time. Uh, it was kind of funny because this poor colonel was at work and all of a sudden his phone starts ringing and he picks it up and he hears a kid on the other end saying, is this Santa Claus? Oh, no. <laughs> but Colonel Schropp ran with it because, you know, he was a dad himself. So he said, ho, 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 back to the kid. And he's like, yes, this is Santa Claus and chatted with the, the child for a few moments and then wished him a Merry Christmas. But this kept happening over and over again to the point where his like phone was ringing off the hook. And it happened year after oh, year. Oh, no. <laughs> so by 1958, when NORAD was started, they started offering a number people could call to track Santa on Christmas Eve. So the colonel could actually get some work done during the holiday season. Oh, that's incredible. Yep. And eventually it became the online digital NORAD Santa tracker that we all grew up with. <laughs> like you always watch the TV tracker. I'm like, I thought that was amazing. That literally it was a mistake that somebody made into something wonderful from just playing along and being positive. I didn't even know that the Santa tracker thing was a thing until I was an adult. Oh, I remember as a kid, like it was like the one channel you could tune to and it would be like the Santa tracker. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. I just remember it being like a website that I found out about when I was like in my early 20s. And I was like, here, you know, to my nephew, my niece and nephew, I was like, here, this will be cool. Let's do this. For my next tale, it'll be a little bit gory because that's what we do best on this show. But true or false or mixed. An unfortunate father trying to spice his family on Christmas Day, dressed up as Santa, clambered onto the roof. And got stuck in his chimney where he died. And the family didn't discover it until they lit their Yule log on Christmas Eve. This is horrible. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm going to say true. No, it's not oh, true. Well, first one's wrong. I'll say it's mixed. It's not true that this actual specific story happened. But there are lots of stories about people getting stuck in chimneys. However, none of them were actually dressed as Santa Claus, thank God, that we can tell of. This one's a pretty a pretty solid urban legend, according to, to Snopes, that, you know, the dad slash Santa ends up, like, dying in the chimney on Christmas. Uh, but in general, it's probably best not to try to go up and down a chimney or a even chimney. clean it out yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's very dangerous work. Like, chimney sweeps yep. have, like, a dangerous job. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, the reason that I said true was at first I was like, I don't think I know to be that stupid. Then I was like, don't, don't say that. You know, plenty of stupid people. You know, all it takes is one. So that's yep. why I said true. <laughs> not too bad. Not too bad. You're two for three, though. All right. How about this one? This one's pretty crazy. Power companies will fine you for leaving your Christmas light displays on too long. 
power companies will assess a per bulb fee to customers who keep their Christmas lights up too long into January. How would they know? I mean, I want to say false, but I have like a weird suspicion that it might be true. I'm still going to say false. It just sounds too crazy, though. You are correct. It is false. It is a little crazy. I also had that same thought of like, how would they know how many bulbs are on my house? Like, yeah, that many watts. <laughs> but here's the funny thing about this particular urban legend is that during 2003, 2004 holiday season, in a couple different locations across the country, radio stations started broadcasting this like fake story that <laughs> if you <laughs> leave your holiday lights on, too long into January, the local power company will charge you extra. And specifically, it was places like Albuquerque, New Mexico, and Rochester, New York, were the two places I found this uh, radio station hoax. And they said okay. that you had until January 16th, otherwise you'd be fined. <laughs> wow. Okay. See, I'm surprised this wasn't like, you know, down in the South, because I know that redneck woman song, she leaves her <laughs> Christmas lights on her porch all year long or whatever. <laughs> That's good. I didn't even think about that. I'm like, oh, wait. She but would yeah. find out the ass. She wouldn't pay it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right. True or false? A nine-year-old was suspended for saying Merry Christmas to a teacher. A fourth grader in San Francisco was suspended from school for a week after he wished to Teacher, Merry Christmas. This can't be true. I'm going to say false. It is false. It was a satire about poking fun at the supposed war on Christmas. Gotcha. And That's what I was thinking. Yep. Yep. And it was published back in uh, December of 2013 in the National Report. And it was an article that had a whole bunch of incidents supposedly like this just to like kind of talk about how crazy people can get around the holidays and how there's no war on Christmas. That's nuts. But I, I have a feeling that like my parents would believe something like that. Yeah, they missed the satire part. Oh, yes, definitely. All right. True or false? Walmart was discovered to be reselling donated toys it would restock its shelves with toys left for the Toys for Tots donation. No. Okay. No, this has to be false. I mean, corporate greed, though. Um, huh. Um, yeah, I'm going to still say false. It's true. What? Yep. So here's the backstory. Um, in November of 2002, a Toys for Tots representative returned to a store in Sterling, Colorado, and they found that the donation box was empty and all the donated toys were back on the shelf. No. Yeah. So when they approached the store manager, the manager was like, what? And it turns out it was some kind of miscommunication between the store manager and his employees. And the confusion was about whether the toys had actually been paid for. Or if they were thrown into the donation box as like a way to get other people to donate. Kind of like when you have a tip jar out and you put like a dollar yeah. in to start, the, to start the good feeling. True. I mean, but that could also be like just a huge like um, excuse. True. True. Either way, the kids for, at Toys for Tots did get their toys that year. Um, it was corrected. So Walmart didn't actually keep the toys on the shelf. Gotcha. Okay. That's better. 
This one's super interesting. I'm curious what you'll make of it if you think it's true or false or mixed. But the song The Twelve Days of Christmas is a secret coded message for Christians. The song was supposedly created as a coded reference to important parts of Christian faith. At a time when Catholicism was punishable by death, the 12 days of Christmas was written to help young Catholics learn the tenets of their faith. True love was code for God. Me was for baptized people. And six geese a laying means six days of creation. Two turtle doves equals the New and Old Testament and so on and so forth. I'm going to say true. Why not? Oh, it's false. It's false. Okay. (laughs) There's no documentation that exists to support the claim. And there's actually no record of this urban legend before the 1990s, which pretty heavily points to it being a creation of modern myth. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, I found it, it would be interesting because, I mean, you you were whatever the ruling family was. So if there was a Protestant in power, then, you know, all Catholics had to worry. And if there was a Catholic in power, all Protestants had to worry. So, you know, this was a typical thing historically. Exactly. And I think it's kind of funny, too, because you could like, I can kind of hear it like two testaments. I can hear that. (laughs) But I think it actually, when I think harder about it, I'm like, it kind of makes sense more for like 12 days of Christmas to be more tied to like traditional folk beliefs around Christmas because of all the weird presence but also as a friend pointed out recently whoever is giving these gifts is a weird bird fan because everything's a lot of birds and i hope the person they're giving these gifts to likes birds there's like swans and a partridge and turtle doves and so many birds yeah so many birds (laughs) wow that's a lot of birds it's a lot of birds this is a big one i feel like it's something that has been debated back and forth family christmases before in my house at least but true or false or maybe a little bit of both coca-cola invented santa claus that's i'm gonna say i'm gonna say it's mixed because while they didn't invent santa claus i think they invented the way that he looks you are correct so oh my god he's coat colored (laughs) the red and the white that's right that would make sense um while we are very familiar with the coca-cola santa which is the rotund red suit wearing santa who ho 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 was around and that was something that was commissioned as part of the 1930s coca-cola marketing campaign they really leaned into santa during the holiday season so that did create a lot of the idea of santa for us he goes back a lot further. It can really be foreseen in the cartoon drawn by Thomas Nash that accompanied The Night Before Christmas in its 1881 edition. So while Coke kind of shoved that Santa really heavily into the mainstream at Christmas time, it had already existed way before they started their advertising. So Coke did not invent Santa, but they did a quite a bit of promotion of that style of Santa. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah. This one's interesting. So January, it's breakup month. True or false? Divorce attorneys have long said that January and February are their busiest months for accepting new clients and that couples just dating or living together also tend to separate during this time. 
I would say true on that one. It is true. Very good. (laughs) It kind of makes sense when you think about it. Most people will kind of put off ending things during the holidays because of lots of reasons. Like nobody wants to drop a breakup bomb in the middle of like your kid's happiest time of year. Exactly. And no one wants to feel lonely on the holidays. Yeah. And logistics are kind of messy when it comes to gifts and things like that. So a lot of couples will wait until January or February to uh, call it quits. Speaking of calling it quits, that's terrible. Uh, (laughs) Christmas time is a peak time for suicides. That is definitely true. Yes. So you think it's true that suicides significantly increase during the holiday winter season? Yes, that's at least what I was told when I worked in mental health. So I would say true. Well, according to Snopes, it's false. Really? Okay. Yes, there has been multiple studies, including some conducted by the Mayo Clinic, and they report that suicide rates during the holidays are actually average or a little bit below average, though there is a slight uptick over the average during New Year's Day. And that's kind of thought to be because it's like the end of the holiday season. So people kind of come down if they're already kind of depressed. Like all of the fun of like seeing your friends and family evaporates and you're by yourself and lonely again. And that's when they tend to see the upcrease, uh, uptick in, in holidays and suicide. So it's not necessarily during the holidays. It's like right after the holidays. So it gets a little right conflated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not what I was expecting at all. All right. Now for some um, Christmas paranoia. If you get a live Christmas tree, you run the risk of getting Lyme disease. I'm going to say yes, because anything can be living in that tree. Like I know a lot of people that have had infestations of bugs from using real Christmas trees. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm going to say yes, there could be ticks. Who knows? So this is, you're not wrong. There could be ticks and that could be is the real censure here. And it's mostly false. So the story that somebody got Lyme disease from a real Christmas tree started circulating on Facebook in like December of 2016. And of course, Facebook being Facebook, things started like blowing up about how you shouldn't use real Christmas trees. And not only can you get Lyme disease from them, but you can, it's also bad for the environment and all the other things about, you know, real Christmas trees, which are dangerous, like it's a fire hazard, all that stuff. But it turns out nobody's actually ever been diagnosed with Lyme disease and been able to connect it to having a a live Christmas tree in their house. Um, It's pretty unlikely actually, given that the, black-legged tick that is most commonly known to transmit Lyme disease is usually in hibernation or not feeding during the Christmas season. Makes sense. I mean, I envy that tick, definitely. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Last but certainly not least, let's go back to good old Walmart. True or false, a Christian group called for a ban of Walmart after the retailer instructed its employees to say Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas. This one I'm going to say true. It is true. <laughs> Which just blows my mind how, how you know, gentle little snowflakes these Christians are. 
I people definitely have this thing where like, well, if I'm not the center of the universe, then it, it no, just no. <laughs> right, right. So this is such a Karen. I hate to use that term, but it's true. This is such a Karen story. So back in 2005, a woman went to Walmart and the greeter said, happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. She was so put off by that, that she sent it a complete email to Walmart and received like a pretty standard response from a representative explaining that while they thanked her for her feedback, Walmart customers were shopping there, not just for Christmas, but for a diverse array of holidays that happened during the wintertime. Well, she reached out to the Catholic League president who continued to push this lady's email up the chain of command at Walmart. And they kept getting the same response. Walmart's like, look, we're trying to be inclusive here because more than just Christians shop at Walmart, you got to calm down. And that's when the Catholic League president called for a boycott. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, in 2005, this boycott happened. Walmart was kind of like, okay, okay, and continued to instruct its employees to say happy holidays. And surprise, surprise, the Catholic League has since called off as boycott. <laughs> See, I think that most people are probably of the mindset that I am with this. It's like, I really don't care if you say Merry Christmas to me, even if I don't celebrate it, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, you know, then there are some people that are very much like the, you know, social justice warriors who want to be like, okay, no, everyone needs to say Happy Holidays. And I respect that, too. That's fine. But, you know, then there's people that are just nuts and are like, you must say Merry Christmas or nothing else. I will take offense. Really? Why? Why is it that important to you? Yeah, I feel like it's because the, the people who like react negatively to change are the people who like flip out about not people not saying Merry Christmas or Happy Christmas. But I have people say Happy Hanukkah to me on a regular basis because they think I'm Jewish, which I'm not. So <laughs> Eden, why aren't you getting madder about this? <laughs> it's just it's so weird so it's just like i mean i don't care like i'm just like i am um <laughs> you know uh yeah one of the two things i know how to say <laughs> shalom shalom exactly that's that's pretty much the extent <laughs> there um I, I agree with you i think it is interesting that people get really bent out of shape i like throwing people off the the merry christmas game by saying happy christmas um, cause it's just like a more British way, which is, I think is hilarious because like True. you would think that the Brits would say Merry Christmas more often than we do, but apparently only Americans are locked into the Merry Christmas and we only say Merry for Christmas. You can't say like Merry Easter or like oh, Merry weird. Thanksgiving. It's weird when you think about it, right? Every other holiday is happy. So I'm trying to push for happy Christmas, happy holidays. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Happy Christmas. I do hear Brits say a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's weird then, too, because like then it's a combination of Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. You're like, Harry Christmas. <laughs> or Mappy, Mappy Christmas, if you mess up like I do with your spoonerisms. But yeah. So that's the, that's my the end of my fun, my fun Christmas game for you, Eden. Um, ending on the on the you better say Merry Christmas because people <laughs> be crazy. Bitches be Walmart. Bitches be crazy. Exactly. Yes. I mean, if I'm in a Walmart, I'm definitely saying Merry Christmas. But, you know. Well, I hope you enjoyed the game, Eden. Uh, it stretched your Christmas n n noggin. And now you have some new powerful 
information you can drop on your mom at Christmas and tell her and bring her a poinsettia and be like, it's okay for the cats. I promise. <laughs> They'll just throw up. It's fine. Bulimic <laughs> cats are better than no cat at all. They do that all the time anyway. Seriously. <laughs> My cat loves throwing up in places where I can't see in the dark in the middle of the night. And then I step in it when trying to go to the bathroom. Oh yeah. The oops a daisy. Mm-hmm. But that was delightful. I feel very festive now with my newfound Christmas knowledge. Excellent. Excellent. I hope I hope our listeners also feel festive and ready for their holidays. Yes. Um, and we will be back uh, after the holidays with the beginning episode of Nevada. I'm excited about Nevada. Uh, I if, have not um, ever been there. I've never been to Vegas or anything like that. And so far in my research, I'm learning all kinds of super fun things about Nevada that I never knew. So I'm excited to kind of put it all together in a story that makes sense for everybody and share it because it's it's fascinating. Yes, Nevada seems like a cool place, which I have also never been. So it'll be fun. All right, Roadsters. Happy holidays. Yes. Until next time. Creep, creep on, on, creeping, creeping on. on.